Oh, man. Welcome to this NazCon podcast, a solo one for Tuesday, September 18th, 2018. I'm Pat Contry, barely here. This is going to be a shorter one tonight. I'm still recovering from the fine time at a video game con in New Jersey. Thanks to the folks there at a, at a video game con for having me back there. Had a nice panel. I, I uh, talked to some nice folks. Met up with a old friend from college. I'll get to that in a bit later. I have a couple of upcoming appearances. Two more for the year that I know about, at least. I'll be at I'll be at Retropalooza in beautiful Arlington, Texas, right outside of Dallas. I'll be there the 29th and 30th of September with folks like Norm the Gaming Historian, Gerard Khalil, the Completionist, his buddy Alex, and more, the lovable Game Chasers. Andre Meadows, the Black Nerd Comedy, he'll be there too. We'll be going to Cheddar's probably anyway. Check out Retropalooza.com for more information and tickets. There also be, I'll also be returning to Portland Retro Gaming Expo. That is going to be October 20th and uh, 21st, 19th to 21st. Go to RetroGamingExpo.com for that. I also have uh, pre-orders going on for my book, Ultimate Nintendo Guide to the Super NES Library. The SNES Library at UltimateSNES.com. You can pre-order it there and save a couple of bucks before the Kickstarter. So yeah, I was back in New Jersey. New Jersey, my home garden state. My people. I feel that kinship to at least the people of New Jersey. You know, you got the you know the rough Italian edge. Hey, come on, what are you doing? You know, you got a little bit of that attitude. I mean, it's not, it's not Sopranos. It's not that over the top, but some people definitely lean towards that area. You know, the New York City, the Staten Island, the Brooklyn, you know, Northern Jersey crowd. Come on. You know, you, know you like it. Uh, it's a certain type of person. It's definitely... It's an acquired taste, that that culture. And uh, I'm not going to say that me moving across, across the country was because I didn't like it. But, you know, sometimes it gets a little bit much. But, I, you know, I still love the people there. I love the attitudes. I love the, you know, the, the paisan sort of mentality. You know, you're one of us. And I especially love the pizza. And there is something to be said for that New York, New Jersey pizza tasting differently. And I think I figured it out. I definitely has to do with the, the type of uh, tap water. And that's not a myth. Uh, there's... there's um, there's pizzerias, people that, that open a pizzeria in California from, from New York, New Jersey area. Sometimes they actually get the water, or excuse me, the water. They get the New Jersey water. It's California water. It's New Jersey water. They get the water flown in to help make the dough. So then the dough tastes more authentic to that region. But it was also something else when I had pizza a couple times there. Um, it's, I think the, the, the mozzarella, the mozzarella cheese, or my grandfather would slap me if I said that. It's the mozzarella. It, it's a different tasting cheese i want to say it's um it's definitely i think a little bit on the looser side um a little stringier side from what i've seen definitely it tastes different it tastes a little bit more i want to say a little bit more tinge of a slight soury tinge it's a very unique cheese taste for that that mozzarella that you don't taste in pizza i would argue most parts of the u.s and i think that's really what it is because when, when you come down to it making a pizza is the same you have a you have a you know a dough fucking ball and you have it you smooth it out you toss it in the air it becomes a you know like a, a flat circle whatever the ge- geometrical term is i don't remember right now i'm tired i'm still jet lagged from two back-to-back weekend west to east coast trips in a row but you, you do that and you spread your tomato sauce on there you get the sauce on there you add the spices you got you got the mozzarella on there and you put it in the oven for whatever, like eight to ten minutes, and it's done. And that's really it. That's a pizza. That, you know, they make it the same. It's the same general process made everywhere. But it's the ingredients that 
really define the taste. And I think that's what it is. It's not just it's the dough that's particular. It's a dough, but I think it's that I think it's a different supplier for definitely the cheese. The tomato sauce, I'd have to do more research on. I wouldn't be shocked that the tomato sauce is a different supplier, but um, but the the mozzarella, I would would undoubtedly that has to be a different uh, different supplies in New York, New Jersey is probably that more authentic taste that us, us you know, East coasters are, are, are used to, man, I'm hungry, man, God, intermittent diet. Anyway, um, <laughs> I should cut in my sponsor right now, my meal sponsor. May I'll do that. I'm proud to be working with flex pro meals. Flex pro meals is a meal delivery company that sends healthy pre-made meals to your doorstep. Their goal isn't to give you a salad, but epic recipes and entrees you may have grown up on that they make healthier versions of. Today, I had pulled pork barbecue meal. It was delicious with potatoes. Oh, great stuff. Eating healthy is a lifestyle change. So they go that extra mile, giving customers the most value with realistic and yummy meal options at a good price. Most of their meals that I've had, plenty of protein, 40 grams, 50 grams of protein. They have salmon meals. They have chicken meals. They have steak and veggies. Anything that you're used to, they have out there. They even have some pasta dishes. Flex Pro Meals provides a weight loss fat trimmer plan and a lean muscle larger portion plan for a little more per meal. Some of their most popular meal entrees are smoked brisket mac, game day chili, breakfast burrito. Ooh, I have to try that one. Chicken Alfredo and the list goes on. For 20% off your first Flex Pro Meals order, use code PAT when you visit flexpromeals.com. That's 20% off using code PAT, PAT, that's me, at flexpromeals.com. So, yeah, it was nice hanging out with uh, the crew. I have a, a crew of people that I usually hang out with in New Jersey. I didn't get to see my cousin. I did, however, go on. Um, I went on a, uh, a a date with someone that, I guess it was a date. It was someone that I dated. It was weird. I, I dated this, this woman back in like um, 2006. And seven, so I was like 26 and she was like 22, 23 at the time. Um, so totally different. Like that's a lifetime away from where I am now at 38. She's almost 38 and a half. It's a lifetime away. And she was, I think, a young woman at the time. I think she had just gotten divorced. And we'd gone out one more time when I came back to Jersey in like 2010, I think, for like Christmas. So I, I really had spoken or seen this woman in like eight years. And we went on a date and it was strange because it was almost like, we it was a we kind of knew each other but not really like we knew what each other's looked like we both obviously matured in age and, and she looked fantastic I, I i i argue she looked better as a grown up woman now in her early 30s than when in her early 20s i think she matured out nicely there but but it was it was just a strange experience because it's like we didn't remember we remembered enough about each other to to like each other but the time that we maybe we maybe went out on a handful of dates when I was in my mid twenties and you know, it just sort of, you know, petered out like anything else. Like who cares when you're mid twenties, it's like, whatever people are just dating around. You're not, your heart's not into it, whatever. But we had a really good time. It was surprising that I, it wasn't a total disaster. I thought it might've been a disaster. Um, it was funny coming down the stairs. I was so tired still. Cause I, I took the red eye that Thursday night coming into Newark airport at like five in the morning and I didn't sleep almost the entire trip from San Diego, which is like a four, four and a half, five hour flight. And I got like a two hour nap in, but I was still tired, but I sit out late and I drank, uh, you know, a couple margaritas. And then, um, 
when I walked downstairs, there was definitely people from the convention, including a, a guest or two, that saw me walk out with this woman. All I could think about was, I, no, it wasn't a hooker, guys. I, I, did not, I did not pay for that date. It, it, it was someone I knew from way back, and it was, it was an interesting date. And, and, and you know, it, it probably won't go much further than, you know, one date, having, you know, having some nice food and catching up, seeing how we're doing, having drinks. But it, it was, it's interesting that that dynamic was still there, just in a different form you know, eight years later and then 12 years from when I originally, you know, dated her for whatever it was, two or three month period, whatever it was, uh, back then, just, uh, people, people change, they get older and some of the connections still remain though. And that's what happened with, uh, a friend of mine, uh, that came out from college who I'd known for, I've known him for over 20 years now. And he came out to see me on Sunday. And while we're, we're still friends, the dynamics of relationships can change, especially with friendships and personality changes happen over time. And when you meet someone, the the circumstances for how you meet someone and become friends with them, in this case, he was actually a high school and childhood friends with my cousin. That's how we initially had met. And then we, then we went to the same college together after that. So then we sort of connected that way. But the dynamics can change based upon where your personality is, where you are in your life. And of course, moving across the country doesn't help maintain some friendships. But it was good to see him. But it, it's it's interesting. You don't want to reflect on how things can never be the same again, but they can't be uh, with certain friendships and people that you know, and, and people drift apart. And that's not necessarily a bad thing. It just means that we are, we are constantly evolving as people. We are, we are not in the same position and place we were a year ago or two years ago. And that goes mentally, physically, spiritually. And friendship is really a mix of, of, of combination of those things. When you think about it, you connect with someone on a spiritual level, mental level, sometimes a physical level. You know, men and women, you know, could be playing sports together, not just, you know, laying in a bed with someone. But <laughs> the point is, is that people change, but you it's you can't just totally slam the door entirely sometimes in those past relationships. It may not be healthy to do that. Um, I've had people do that to me where they've said, well, you know, I'm in a different place now. Like, why am I talking to you before? And I've known people that are, that happened to people that are like, no, well, I'm not that person anymore. You know, bye. And I understand that that sort of psychological mechanism where you'd want to not recognize who you are, who you were in the past, based upon your relationship to someone you had at the time when you were a different person in your mind. But that's not it's not probably the healthiest thing to totally slam your door on someone like that. Um, I, I know that happened to Frank. Frank told me a story about that that was more shocking than mine. It was sort of just like a fast drift apart. Um, but Frank's was literally someone saying, answering the phone, and said, "Why well, I, I should be talking to you?" and like you know, by and hung up on the guy, the guy had known Frank for like 20 years. And Frank seemed pretty hurt by that when he told me at the time. Um, hopefully I can say that. You know, well, Frank will never find out that I talked about that. Well, I'm not giving away any private details. You know, this might have happened to you out there. You might have had someone that may have turned their back on you for, you think, no reason. Maybe they um, got married to someone and you were no longer had a place in their life. I've seen that happen with, uh, I've seen it happen with women. I've seen it happen with uh, female friends where they're, you know, they're friends with a woman and the woman gets uh, married and then doesn't talk to the, the her, her female friend anymore. I've seen that happen to men. Uh, you know, a guy gets married and you can't talk to the guy anymore. He's hard to get a hold of. So friendship is, is definitely, it's, uh, it's, it's this weird fluid thing. It's, it's not like how you were in grade school where, you know, you bonded over playing GI Joes and, you know, it was simple and pure, and it, it just stuck because it was there. Friendships, as you get older, get more difficult to maintain and to, to nurture. Mm. You got to try, though, because that's who we are. We are only people because we are connected to other people. That's what helps define who we are, how we interact with each other. 
right? Right? Is that too is that too nutty? What? Getting off on a weird philosophical track right now, and I'm, I'm like half asleep because of I'm still coming down from that that trip. Um, speaking of speaking of uh, old friends, it's also hard. Uh, just real quick, it's it's hard also to uh, transition uh, from relationship to friendship. That's also can be tough because people's feelings get hurt as well. Um, that didn't happen with, with my friend from college here, but someone else recently basically cut off being friends with me. Um, and because I think they couldn't, they didn't want to, they didn't want to, um, they don't think, I don't think they could want to be friends with me while they had strong feelings for me from a sort of, uh, I guess more romantic aspect. And that, and that can be tough too. And I don't have a good solution for that. So when feelings get hurt, it's hard to ignore them. Or, uh, sometimes people have a lot of pride when it comes to romantic feelings or entanglements. And, and it's hard to give that away to be friends. And that I can go off on that for like 45 minutes. And that's happened to me uh, several times where, where you know you have a you have a romantic relationship it ends and then you try to have a go at it and then for some reason or another it doesn't work as friends or one person sabotages it or both that's it that's a uh, that's rough as well really tough to be uh, any sort of platonic friend with someone that you had a romantic relationship before it's really tough that's impossible it's tough all right um uh in the news today was was uh I'm recording this on the 18th. Was was Mario Kart and, and Toad? Because because uh, Stormy Daniels, the uh, the porn star, who allegedly she 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 looks like she did have a steamy sordid affair with President Trump at some point in time in the past uh, ten years ago, and then was given one hundred thirty thousand dollars in hush money from Trump's uh, lawyer. Enforcer Michael Cohen, and she's written a book, and she said she likened uh, Toad. She likened Toad. She, she likened Trump's uh, genitalia to the mushroom from Mario Kart, meaning good old Toad. Well, that ruins that character forever. I mean, this is a this is a a mushroom. This isn't Toadstool, but you know, for visual reference, if you're watching the video version of this, there you go. If you, if you didn't think we can be embarrassed more, there you have it. Can we just go like twenty years? Without us knowing what a president's penis looks like, can we just connect. Can, can we do that? Twenty-five years. I mean, it happened with Clinton, with Monica Lewinsky describing the penis, and other people back then with Clinton, because uh, you know Clinton was a hound, and he was screwing around left and right. Uh, but now with Trump, we know exactly what uh, video game character his uh, penis looks like. Can we just stop with this? Can we just uh, have a law saying you can't describe what someone's penis looks like if they're president? Because I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go through this again every. every 20 years or so first time first time it happened i was like 15 and you know i don't think i needed to know that and i don't think i need to know about this especially when it's associated with a, a beloved video game character you know if i'm president maybe it comes out that my penis looks like google 13 or i don't, I don't know luigi i don't know that'd, that'd be kind of where we green then but he, but he's bigger than mario but i i that aside <laughs> he's, he's bigger than average luigi uh yeah so so it's obviously embarrassing when this stuff comes out but at this point you know what are you gonna do it is what it is. Um, you just you just sort of have to laugh until you cry when you when you see stuff like this uh, every day in the news. It's every day it's something. But yeah, I I want to I want a moratorium on presidential penises for like twenty years if that's possible. If that's possible, then again with with all the um, with all the Snapchatting going on, with all the uh, you know think about all the the teenagers and people in their twenties Snapchatting. 
or, you know, just texting their boyfriend or girlfriend, you know, pictures of their junk or uh, whatever else, you know, uh, nudie pics. Think about how senators and future congressmen and future Supreme Court justices and future presidents, vice presidents, there's going to be there's going to be dirt on all of us in the future. If I ran for Congress, I'm sure I'd have someone come out and say, oh yeah, that guy who's going to be a congressman. Yeah. I got pictures of his, of his junk. Here they are. And I I think at some point though, it's going to be like everyone. So it's going to be so standard at that point. I mean, there's been so many uh, new pictures uh, leaked uh, of, of celebrities, for example, that at this point it's like, who cares if you had a nude picture leaked, everyone's done it, but that's going to be happening now for like everyone. I think going for everyone in the public eye, Uh, sports figures have had their junk uh, and and nudie pics leaked. Uh, It's going to happen for politicians as well. So maybe I won't get my wish about that moratorium on presidential uh, penis or genitalia pictures I mean, maybe that's that's maybe we're doomed uh to relive this horrible nightmare with a with a metaphorical image of a toad from from mario kart it's always bad information first of all stormy stormy um you gotta you gotta read ultimate nintendo guide to the nes library maybe read maybe read up on super mario brothers 2 you know or super mario brothers 1 and you'll realize that you know toad toadstool Originally, you know, he was first appeared in those games before he even got to Mario Kart, you know, 10 years later. But be that as it may, it's still uh, it's still a humiliation. And I'm sure the uh, evangelicals will find a way to ignore all this and and seem like he's a a nice Christian guy having sex with a porn star while he's married and his wife is pregnant or, or just had their new kid. You know, that's that's what that's what Christian men do. All right. It's uh time for some. Some questions. Again, this will be a short one, but you know, I'm doing this every week. I do a podcast every week, and it's tough. It's tough to uh, do this and edit this. And hey, I'm looking for editors, by the way. If you want to, uh, if if you have any editing experience, I'll just put this out here now. Why not? If you have any editing experience, especially in Vegas Pro, the latest ones like 1415, I think we're at. Uh, send me an email. Send me an email at staff at the punk effect.com staff at the punk effect.com. I think that email is still working. I should probably check Patrick before I put this together, but yeah, um, I might need help editing some, uh, some podcast stuff, maybe NES punk videos, maybe flea market madnesses in, in the future. There could be something there for you. There could be some, uh, some dollars, uh, for that. Uh, is that email still working? I should really check on this stuff. To make sure it works. Staff at the punk effect.com. Have I used this email in 18 years? Uh, yeah, it works. Staff at the punk effect.com. Yeah, send an email there with your experience and, like, you know, if you have a little clips of what you've done, a little reel, that would be fantastic. So there you have it. There. So, uh, yeah, we have some uh, question time here. Uh, on the um, what is this? The not so common podcast. Wow, I just I just logged into this email for the first time in like two years. There's a lot of garbage, spam stuff in here. A lot. So the first question <laughs> is at tweet Scott Bates. At tweet Scott Bates. Talk about Kavanaugh allegations and your opinion on Supreme Court issues. So Kavanaugh is uh was uh nominated by Trump to uh, be in the Supreme Court to uh. Replaced uh, the guy that just retired. Uh, was it Kennedy just retired? Who just retired? I don't know. One of them just retired. 
I'm tired. I can't look it up. Anyway, so um, Scalia died before they got the replacement. Anyway, so uh, talk about Kavanaugh allegations and your opinion on Supreme Court issues. All right. So Kavanaugh seems like a slimy dude from just what's been coming out. Look into it. He just seems slimy. I don't, I don't, I don't like what he stands for for the most part. So the, the issue with the Supreme Court, though, is not the individuals. The, the issue with the Supreme Court is that it's lifetime. It's a lifetime position, which is nuts when it's one, when literally one third of our branches of government is, 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 is nine people. So nine people is one branch of the government. And Congress, which is what, 538 representatives, 100 senators, that's a lot more people for another branch that makes the laws and then the one that enforces the law, excuse me, the one that interprets the law, the yeah, the presidential branch that enforces. The one that interprets the law is nine people. So each individual person of those nine has a, has a tremendous amount of power because they're deciding laws that might run for the next 100 years, 50 years. And sometimes they're wrong. Sometimes the Supreme, the Supreme Court decisions are totally wrong and they get reversed within a generation or two uh, because it depends upon the opinions of nine people and what they say goes. Five to four, and that's it. That's all you need. Five over four. There are decisions that go nine zero sometimes. There are ones that go seven two eight one, but most of them will be split. Like you know, you might get a, a six three in there, or five four. That's the thing, though, is that they're lifetime. They should not be a lifetime appointment. The president's not a king; can't be there for life. Good, good thing. Good old Georgie boy said that. I don't want to be a king. I'll be the president. Two terms is enough. I'll get the fuck out of here. And hopefully, and thankfully, the other presidents afterwards stuck with two terms and still it was, until it was made an official amendment uh, after FDR uh, passed away. Because he was around forever. Uh, yeah, there, there's no term limits for the Senate and for Congress. And I do think strongly, very strongly, that there should be term limits. There's no reason not to have term limits for politicians. It should not be, uh, you should not be allowed to consolidate power uh, over that stretch of time. And then <laughs> absolute power corrupts. Power corrupts, absolute power corrupts, absolutely. That's the expression, and that's totally true. So, I'm not sure why we don't have term limits to begin with, but, but at least for the president, it only has two terms, and you have to reelect the president every four years. Uh, Congress is every two years, Senate's every six. Even though there's no term limits there, and there should be strongly, there's at least there's an election process for that. If, if you fuck up, if, if uh, you do something heinous, you won't get reelected probably. 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 Even though it's very hard for an incumbent to get knocked out of Congress, I think it's only like 10% of challengers to someone already in Congress gets that new position every two years. It's weird. Anyway, with, with gerrymandering and everything else, it sucks. Gerrymandering is, uh, is ridiculous. But anyway, so why should a Supreme Court justice be nominated for life and get, and get to be whole position there? Even if their faculties are all gone, they turn 90 years, years old, they're frail. And then you have some, you know, that stay on just because they don't like the current president. Don't, don't want to be replaced by someone that has a different ideology to them on the court. That's not the, how this should ap- operate. This should not be this constant like uh, struggle for domination and oh, uh, we, well, we don't want to vote for for your guy cuz you're up for you're going to be not be president anymore, so we're going to we're going to stonewall you. This should just be something that's done so regularly 
that we don't have to hear about it constantly. This should be something that's a, a, a rotation of a few people every like five or six years so that if it's a good law and gets rechallenged, it should, in theory, then, if it came back to the courts, be reaffirmed the same decision. That's how you'll know it's a good law, by different people. And that would force, then, with, with, a, with a more constant rotation, you would think, then, that would force uh, both sides to play ball more and then have more moderates and centrists get up on the court. It's sort of be, it would sort of be like a... Um, like an unwritten rule or like a, a like a handshake like okay well you're not going to put on some crazy you know conservative we we won't put on some crazy ultra liberal let's let's work with each other here let's make this let's make this clean and easy cuz we're going to be doing this every couple of years having someone out say say you have nine supreme court justices i don't know maybe maybe you start a rotation now where it's every you have one knocked out every i don't know 5 years but that 5 years or every you no know, has to be an even number every 6 years you get knocked out or every 12 years, but then it's like a two-year swing after that. So just say we start now. We'll say 12 years from now, uh, in 2030, we, we, you have one in there. Then 2032, the next one gets rotated out, 2034. So you're constantly rotating one out. You're rotating one out every two years. So you, while you do, for a chunk of time, you will have a, a majority consistent court of the same people you will not have the same court for more than two years at a time. You, it'll be like this constant sort of, you know, one guy gets rotated out, another one comes in. Next man or woman gets rotated out, another one comes in. So you have a more of a living, breathing court, not this 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 uh, this statue that exists. Sometimes the same court can be around for twenty fucking years of the same people, the same nine people. I don't think that's healthy for anyone. I just don't. I don't care what the makeup is. I don't care if it's seven conservatives and, and two liberals, nine liberals. It's just not good to have what's so important to our democracy be controlled by nine individuals over a generation, potentially. It's just not. Because if you, if you, if you, uh, if you get a bunch of people in their 50s in there at the same time or 40s at the same court for 40 years, potentially. These these guys and gals usually don't say, oh, after 10 years, I'm done. No, they stick around for 20, 25 years until sometimes they're dead, like like Justice Scalia. Or, uh, you know, uh, Ginsburg is, well, how old's Ginsburg again? Ginsburg's old. Ginsburg's 85. I'm not saying your faculty is gone, but who, who knows? She can go at any time. And then if that happens, we have this whole chaotic process happen again. It's... Let's live with this, huh? How about 12 years for a Supreme Court justice? Is that good enough? 12 years, double the Senate? I'll say 12 years. I'll put that out there. 12 years. You did a good job. All right, we rotate one out. The next one comes in. So it's a running 12-year rotation starting at one person. So if you just came in, congratulations. You have 12 years. Uh, or you have the you know more than the you have like what twelve times nine you have uh, like twenty years Pat man you have twenty years in but then at that point you're done currently and then it comes twelve years see what I'm saying I that's how I think the Supreme Court should go is that crazy why should we have uh, lifetime appointments to any any government position what is this this isn't a monarchy what the hell twelve years and get out. Go on the speaking tour. Go 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 teach law somewhere at Harvard. Get out. Twelve years. That's all you get. Senate, eh? Senate, eh, maybe eighteen years, but whatever. Then get out. No, no, no more of these senators around for ninety years. Forget it. That'd be like a ten-year-old senator. That'd be a movie. All right. What's the next question here? 
Um, this is from that your boy Matt Dixon. <laughs> What's your thoughts on the Mets now and in the near future? They're gonna suck. The Mets are gonna suck because the Wilpons won't spend money because they got burned by Bernie Madoff way back in the day in that pyramid scheme. Um, they're gonna suck. Thoughts on Wright's retirement? It's it's sad. Uh, David Wright had a good four to five year period, uh, six year period where he was building up a Hall of Fame career. He had Hall of Fame numbers from about 2005 to 2010-11, something like that, 2012. He, he was the captain of the Mets. He got the Mets to the World Series. He was hurt, though. He, he still hit that home run versus the Royals in 2015. But after that, he hasn't been seen in like three years. So he's coming back, David Wright. Golly gee, you know, Wonderbread, uh, pure as snow, David Wright, just like, the kid that you saw playing Little League, with the, but, but persevering, you know he had a drunk coach. Callback to the last uh, com podcast. But uh, it's, a, it's sad to see David Wright go. I, I watched him uh, at Shea Stadium before he went to City Field, 2006. Almost made the World Series. They were, they were one base hit away. Damn it. Freaking Cliff Floyd and Carlos Beltran. You both struck out against the Carlos in Game 7. Walked out like it was a fucking funeral. Anyway, I was there. 2006. Uh, yeah, so it's uh, it's sad. He's they're gonna have him play one last home stand. Like last, they're, pro- they're gonna have to be in for the last like six games of the season in late September, and then they're actually gonna start him from one game. But his neck is so fucked up; it's a, it's a miracle he even played this long. But he had a full Hall of Fame career for like five six years. Same thing with like Mattingly. Mattingly was a better hitter overall, but they're both good fielders. Right, got a couple of Gold Gloves. He got the Silver Slugger a couple times, like a five-time All Star. Like I said, he needed like four more good seasons. Like if he didn't get injured, and after 2012, it wasn't the same again. That's when the spinal stenosis started to get worse. Worse. If, if David Wright didn't have that spinal stenosis, he's only 35 years old. He would have had by now like 400 home runs. Would have been a Hall of Famer. And it's just a shame that you know he he couldn't get there. You know, would have had four, you know, four, uh, four hundred home runs, batting three hundred, really good defensive third baseman. It, yeah, it's a shame. So one thing to say. What else are you going to say about the Mets? This has been the the worst year ever for the Mets because of that. Uh, Jacob Degrom is pitching out of his mind, has an ERA of like one point six eight, and has a losing record. He's like eight and nine. The guy is like eight and nine. Okay, it's just ridiculous. Oh, excuse me. One point seven eight is ERA is against well, against the Red Sox. The Red Sox are insanely good. You know, it, it's just nuts. What's his freaking record? It, what's his record? Like eight and ten now? It's nuts. It's nuts. Anyway, I'm getting into now. Now this is like a uh, Mike Francesa. Mike's on. I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna do that sort of podcast. All right, this is from Daniel Greenberg, writing for a certain Super Nintendo guidebook. Given what's going on in the on the in the EU, European Union. What's the not-so-common take on daylight savings time? You know what? I think just about everyone would like us to uh, spring forward one last time and never fall back again. So I, for one, love the fact that once you uh, spring forward, yeah, you might wake up and and it's darkness out. But, hey, I like the fact that it gets dark at 7 o'clock at night and not at 4.30. When I was a kid, it was the worst the worst, the absolute worst, to come home in November. Because remember, daylight savings time used to fall back the week before Thanksgiving. And what was it, 10 years ago? They shortened the daylight savings time uh, when you fall back in the fall. They they then made it happen sooner. So now it happens before Halloween. It used to happen the week before Halloween, like that Sunday before. 
which made it worse for trick or treating, by the way, because then you get home at four, like four fifty, it would be dark out, um, like pitch dark, and then now it used to be like um, you had to wait till April, but now it's like late March, so it's like I think it's like uh, two weeks shorter now. I think on both ends, so that's better to start. Kids, just get rid of it, though. I don't care if uh, you know. Get, get, kids got kids got uh, you know people people concerned about like kids walking the bus stop when it's dark. I never got killed. You know, I never got killed. I didn't, I didn't have an iPhone with a with a flashlight on it. I didn't have that, and I was fine. You know, so what if a couple of kids get killed? No one gets hurt. <laughs> I'm kidding. That'd be awful. But that's really the the arguments for like farmers and the cows and, and the worker schedules on the farm uh, with the lights being weird. Work it out, farmers. You can figure this fucker out. People can come into work a little bit earlier for six months out of the year or, or, or when it's too dark out. Whatever. You can figure that out. Uh, I like the fact that it, there's more light to go around at night. I like that. You save on electricity. I think they've done studies where there, there is a, a huge savings when it comes to electricity. There might, might be losses elsewhere, but I'm just thinking about people using lights and things of that nature. And it's just depressing. It's just depressing. It used to be just so depressing when I worked my awful day job, my soul-crushing job, where um, I get out of work at like 5 o'clock, and if, I thought it was 9 o'clock at night, like in November. It was terrible, or December. It was terrible. So depressing. Sunshine is good. You get that, you get that the vitamin D into our skin. Vitamin D. There's so many good health benefits of vitamin D. You should definitely take some some uh, vitamin D. They're finding more and more good things about vitamin D that it's so good for your general well-being. That's why when you go, go and take a, have a tan, you feel so good. That's vitamin D being built up in your body. Take some vitamin vitamin D supplements. It's fat soluble too, so you can you don't you don't just uh, piss it away into the toilet. It stays with you. <laughs> How do I go to vitamin D from that? But yeah, we don't need this daylight savings anymore. Don't no, don't. How about you don't fall back? In a, in, in a month and a half don't fall back anymore just we're good we're good with that spring for it we're good with it it's fine it's already getting it's already dark out now when i'm recording this uh finally from captain captain picard picard and maker since you're from jersey hey paisan what do you think of what did you think about jersey shore and how portrayed jersey specifically italian americans i know i would have been downright embarrassed to be from the same place as them well here's the thing about those trash that fucking trash in Jersey Shore. They weren't from New Jersey. They're from mostly from Staten Island. So that is a whole subculture as well. Yes, it bleeds in New Jersey, but a lot of it's Staten Island. Staten Island fist pump? Yeah, it exists for a reason. So that trash, not all of them, but the Guido trash, comes down to Jersey, infects the Jersey Shore. Thanks, MTV, to going going into Jersey Shore 98. That's when it started. Jersey Shore went to uh, MTV, uh, went down to Jersey Shore 98 for their like beach house thing, right on the boardwalk. And had some singers do stuff like One Hit Wonder, uh, R&B singer. I never saw her again. Um, do that. What was, it, what was her name? Tweety or Tweet? Was there, was there was a singer named Tweety? Tweety singer. Anyway, then they came back like a few years later. And after that, it was a destination for trash. Not just teenage uh, teenagers and pre-tweens, but 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 trash. I swear to God, there was a singer named Tweet. Yeah, Tweet. She's forty-seven now. Holy shit. Charlene Keys. Better known as Tweet. Yeah, I saw a Tweet live, lip syncing at the Jersey Shore Beach House. I was like 18. Holy shit, I can't, remember, I can't believe I remember that. Tweet. Her name was Tweet. I think she's done now. Yeah, she's done. <laughs> but anyway, so it's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. Because when I first moved here to San Diego in 2009, that show was very popular. And I can't believe they brought it back. By the way, I'm glad they all look like they're 80 years old now from too much sun and melanoma. Anyway, 
Uh, and half of not half, some of them aren't even from Jersey. Snooky's not Italian from uh, from what I know too. So so one person, the biggest person, Snooky, isn't even really Italian from what I think Snooky. Uh, that's what I thought at least. It's born in Chile, Snooky. What what's her what's her ethnic background here? Uh, let me see on here. Uh, personal life: she's born in born in San Diego, Chile, raised by Itali- Italian American parents. Snooky, Snooky took a DNA test to determine. I can't believe I'm reading, reading Snooky's uh, Wikipedia page. Snooky took a DNA test to determine her genetic background. She is part Rom, Rom, Romani, Iberian American, South Asian, East Asian, Middle Eastern, uh, and a bunch of other stuff. I don't. No, no Italian that I see. Russia, Spain, Macedonia. That's a lot of stuff. So. She lives in Florham Park, New Jersey. Great area. So you have Snooky, who's a big star for it, not even being Italian. So she's like a fake, fake Guido or Guidette. And then you have the bunch of other ones that are probably mostly Italian or part Italian, part, part Italian. But it's embarrassing because they played up the worst tropes of Guidos. And, and hell, uh, one of my friends is like a part Guido, he didn't even admit. You know, it's like the over-the-top sort of, you know, get the nice car, have your mom do your laundry until you're 40 and live at home. Yeah, that happens. That, I've, I've seen it. It wasn't me, thankfully. I had a crappy geo prism. I wanted to get the hell out of my parents' house as soon as I possibly could. I lived, I lived, I lived at home until I was 26 when I was embarrassed. I wanted to be out when I was 24. Unfortunately, it was tough to get a nice paying job with the economy being banned. But I got out when I was 26. So I was two years off my plan. Or really one year. But anyway. So it, it is an embarrassment. When I first moved to San Diego, people were asking me. Uh, people that were new friends or people I went on a date with. Hey, is really, are people really like that in the Jersey Shore? Because they couldn't believe it. They thought this was an act with these people. Like, like uh, uh, the, what the fuck were the people's names in the Jersey Shore? I, I can't even believe it. I'm trying to look this up. They couldn't believe people were, were like that. Uh, Vinny's on the show and and uh, the fucking, what's what's the, Paulie? And what, what did you have? You had Sammy on there. Who else did you have on there? Uh, Jay Wow. Uh, of course, a guy named Vinny, Ronnie. Uh, the situation, Michael Sorrentino. The situation. The worst nickname, by the way, I've ever heard, by the way. I, so I had to explain to people that, yes, there are people that would, that are like this. It's a, definitely a subculture of, you know, like the Northern Jersey, some parts of, 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 of uh, New York City, and Staten Island is a subculture of those parts, and they're mainly Italian Americans or want to be Italian Americans, like in the case of of, uh, of Snooky, and they do act like that. It's overly aggressive, over the top uh, garbage, and it's people that yeah, we, we we're, we're, we're fucking Italian, we're drinking, we're having fun, you know? and I'm an Italian American myself, so when I see that, it's an embarrassment. Not as bad as an embarrassment as The Sopranos, because at least The Sopranos is fictional. And there's been gangster movies and mafia movies in the past, even though, you know, the stereotypes on The Sopranos are way over the top. Like, when you watch The Sopranos, it's hard to take it seriously. It's like a dark comedy, because you have the guys in the track suits, and you have, uh, you know, the guys with the slick back hair, and Pauly Walnuts. And, and while I'm sure there's people that are like that, that are connected or in the mob, it's so much at one time that it's so over the top that you can't take that seriously at least i can't but the jersey shore people there are people like that i've seen it myself besides on the show so it's an it's an embarrassment to italian americans i should probably be more pissed than i am uh to get lumped in with that because I, I have people say oh yeah you like the people in jersey shore and it's you know i i have friends that make bad like jokes about uh like manicotti and cannolis when they see me 
I won't say who, but it's a it's it's one of the game chasers that I'll make a bad joke <laughs> about that whole time because I'm I'm not even like I'm not even like ninety uh, percent uh, Italian descent. It's like more between fifty and seventy percent based upon my my DNA. So, but you know, I'm, I'm an Italian American and German and other other stuff in there parts of Europe. But um, I don't know how bad it is now in, in Seaside Heights and Parking Anymore. And that was the other bad thing about it is that these people were infesting the Jersey Shore. Uh, show in, was an infestation of where my grandmother, um, who had Sicilian roots, had a house there, and so now it got worse and worse uh, after MTV first went there. I guess it probably was solidified with the Jersey Shore in two thousand nine. But yeah, you, you 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 saw those people all the time on the boardwalk, men and women, Guidos, Guidettes, if, if you if you want to call them that. It is what it is. What are you gonna do? I still like the Jersey Shore, not the show. I still like going back and visiting. I visited last year, and a tear came into my, to my eye because uh, Yesterkades was gone in Seaside Park through the fire. But they're building it back up. Sawmill survived. Sawmill with the gigantic pizza slices survived. And for all the people from Jersey here, you know what sawmill pizza is. Because you know why they survived? They actually had a fire suppressant system. They actually had sprinklers to survive the fire. And the fucking arcade didn't. Damn it. Damn it, damn it, damn it. The Not So Common Podcast is proud to be working with NordVPN. It's what I use to keep myself safe online, and now you can too. If you care about your privacy and the security of your information, especially online, NordVPN is now offering 77% off a three-year plan. When you go to nordvpn.com slash pat or use code pat at checkout, VPN stands for Virtual Private Network, and today they're more critical than ever because if you're doing anything online, your info and browsing habits are out there for people to get a hold of. ISPs can track our every move and use our private information to their benefit by selling our browsing habits, even slowing down the sites we visit. Throttling is bad. When you use NordVPN, you have access to over 4,000 super speedy servers in 62 countries, and those connections secure your information using military-grade encryption. That means your information and what you do online is nearly impossible to track. I use the NordVPN app myself on my phone and my laptop. That means safer web browsing when I'm getting free Wi-Fi at the airport, I'm traveling at a hotel, coffee shop, wherever. Things like my passwords and banking info are masked. Don't just listen listen to me. The folks at PC Mag gave NordVPN VPN their editor's top VPN choice out of a list of several. NordVPN was the, voted the best. Just one account lets you protect up to six devices, and there's an app for Android and iOS devices. Unlimited bandwidth and a money-back guarantee. Oh, my God. Again, get that special offer, which breaks down only $2.75 per month, less than a cup of coffee. Go to NordVPN.com slash Pat. Or use code PAT and get going with your secure web browsing today. That's it for this not so common podcast. Again, I'll be at Retropalooza in Arlington, Texas, the end of the month on September 29th and 30th. And I'll be at Portland Retro Gaming Expo in October. Check out ultimatesnes.com if you want to pre order a book. Uh, we also had a terrible hurricane hit recently, really terrible uh, Hurricane Florence. Um, so if you want to go, uh, help out, I definitely recommend, uh, Red Cross. Uh, another one you can check out if you want to donate is AmeriCares, americares.org. Uh, we raised money for them last year because of all the, all the hurricanes. So if you want to go to, uh, americares.org that they're, they are usually one of the first on the ground to respond right away. Um, so go to americares.org and donate whatever you can, dollar, two bucks, whatever, uh, we'll see what we what we do for the NES Marathon this year. We might do AmeriCares again. We might go back to uh, Children's Miracle Network. Uh, we'll see. But um, terrible to see these uh, all the flash flooding and people 
you know, you see homes destroyed, people's lives are displaced. So, um, yeah, it's it's a shame. What are you gonna, you know, what are you gonna do? And it's now happening. Uh, bad ones are happening every year now. It used to be maybe get a couple, a few years off. Last year there was like three bad ones. This year there's a bad one. I was hoping we get one year without a bad one, but it seems like it's getting worse and worse. Oh, it sucks. All right, everyone. That's it for this Not So Calm podcast. If you like the podcast, leave a comment, subscribe on YouTube if you're watching on YouTube or on your podcast platform of choice, Google Play, iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, wherever you listen to this rambling. I also have a Patreon, patreon.com slash patcontry. You can help support me there. I do a one uh, once a month Google uh, Hangout uh, there, and I also uh, upload some uh, writing there every now and then. I'm going to get start getting the Super Nintendo reviews there and past NES reviews uploaded on there. For your, for your leisure. I'm also going to start uh, streaming on Twitch soon. Twitch.com slash CountryCode. C-O-N-T-R-I Code. Yeah, that's it. Uh, yeah. If you have any uh, any other thoughts, let me know if you enjoy this or not. I'm probably going to be doing a special podcast with, uh, with a guest in the near future. Uh, it may not be a non com podcast, but it'll be one nonetheless. Look out for that. That's it, everyone, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>